0: Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. Episode 31, The Care and Feeding of Freelancers. Recorded at Metatomia 2013 by Jason Pitt. Presented by John Stravopoulos, Brian Macklin, and Amanda Valentine.
1: And what is the name of this panel so we all know that we're in the right place? Uh, The Care and Feeding of Freelancers to Other Freelancers.
2: I think you added that last part, right? <laughs>
1: So the care and feeding of freelancers, that's what we're here for. Yeah, we're going to address
3: this whole adding stuff to the contract <laughs> after the fact. Maybe. Excellent. Give me a you mean, that's not <laughs> the way it's done? First of all, you get the contract. <laughs> uh,
1: or not, I mean. Well, we might give contric- uh, contradicting advice here, but that's okay. That's going to help us out. Yep. Yeah. It's going to help them out. Okay, so. Now,
3: was all of you.
1: Yeah, so tall. Feel free to come closer, guys, if you want to. Come closer to us. Or you can stay where you are.
3: So whatever the bigger room, um, I typically say, because there'll be like, you know, maybe like ten rows or so back, and there are cool kids who love to hang out in the back row, and I asked a very important question, uh, do you like to hear things? Because if you want to hear things, you should come up forward. I'm going to say that here too to point out that whenever you're sitting in the back row of any place, you're asking the speakers to strain their voice so that they can't talk on the last day. Now, how many of you hate people? That's so just in general. Okay, you you yeah. look in like the morning, it looks like you don't hate people. Congrats. Yeah, you don't hate people. All right. See, we didn't record that part.
1: That was pretty impressive. Yeah. I like that you two oh, just we could play end. that at every yeah. time. Oh no, seriously, every dude. I, every every um so every time. People? I like hey, people. Yeah. Okay, excellent. I'm gonna hit record on this. Are you recording? Yep. Uh,
3: all right. Excellent. So, so,
1: all right. I'm gonna
3: make sure my phone.
1: doesn't... We're recording this, uh, and uh, we'll start off with Amanda announcing what this is. This is
4: the care and feeding
1: of freelancers. Excellent. No one's got up to leave, so that means that we're in the right place. I'm excited, and. Who are our lovely presenters? We'll start with this one.
3: Uh, I'm Ryan Ackman. I've been freelancing um, accidentally since 2007 and intentionally, I think, since like 2008 or 9 or somewhere around there. Um, and now I work with, um, uh, I'm on the other side of it where I work with and hire freelancers for my own stuff. Uh, deal with them at Paizo Publishing, Uh, so I've been on both sides of this particular conversation. Sounds good and sounds useful. Let's hope Well, we'll see. (laughs) What about you?
4: I'm Amanda Valentine. I am a freelance RPG and starting to get into fiction editing. Uh, I've been freelance for a little over a decade and full-time freelance for about the last three years. I quit my day job and it's what I do.
1: That's a good sign. Well, I, a,
4: also, I also married to someone
3: who pays the mortgage, so that helps a lot. Well, that could be a technique. That's one, <laughs> that, that's what we do. I think it is one of the, the first Primary. bits about freelancing is if you want to do it full-time, marry someone with health insurance. Yes. Yes, health insurance is um, good. And then everyone's like, ha, 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 that's funny. No, really, no, we really should if you're married to somebody who doesn't have health insurance, find some sort of loophole that allows you to marry two people, one who has health insurance. I mean, whatever whatever you can do, because health insurance is expensive. Excellent. Uh,
1: and my name is John. Uh, nice to meet you all. Uh, I have uh, worked as a freelancer for the last uh, five years, and I have worked in various companies hiring freelancers. And one of my jobs as a freelancer is to hire freelancers, because I help assemble teams of designers, programmers, and marketers to cr- do various creative projects for companies that I represent. Uh, so between all of us, we have lots of experience and hopefully we can help you guys out. Uh, but before we launch into discussing this, uh, maybe we can pull the audience a little bit and get a sense of why they're here and what they're interested in. So we're going to start with you, no pressure.
2: That's fine. You just want to know who I am? Uh, I just want to know wh- why are you
1: excited to be here? Why, why have you chosen to spend your time, your valuable time, <laughs> to be here
2: today. Um, Well, uh, I work for, I run uh, Escaton Media, which does, we put out a few games, and I've had more than my fair share of conversations, we'll say conversations, with freelancers. uh, uh, Some are good, obviously, but uh, I've run into more than a few uh,
1: issues, so it's (coughs) curious to see maybe. Excellent. So uh, my takeaway from that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, and any time if I say something you guys don't agree with, just stop me. And just be like, that's not what I said. Uh, is uh, it sounds like in the, the situations are less fun, right? Is like, a few, yeah, quite a few. Uh, how to deal with those, right? To some Yeah, uh,
2: I th- think the one that that really stands out is I had a, a girl who was going to do some art for us. Um, who I think it was about a week and a half before it was due. Uh, when we contacted her, and said, like, just you know, hey, how's it going? How are things? Uh, the response I got back was, oh, I'm not going to do it. I couldn't. The contract was too long. I know
1: Okay, excellent. Well, we will... uh, We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Excellent. Let's move this way. My husband's a freelancer. So you're... I just wanted to get other... Okay, excellent. So, like, you want to find out if what he tells you is real or not? No, I live with him, so... Okay, excellent. I'm very involved in what he does.
0: Very cool. I'm David Cott. uh, I started Three Hairs Games, a board game company. So I'm um, doing, you know, hiring illustrators and graphic Mm -hmm. design... Um, and yeah, I'm finding it's, it, and particularly working with artists, and you know, sometimes it's hard to communicate what I want. Okay. And so, like working with creative folks, where it's that you're ultimately the, the end product is a visual thing, which you know, sounds like you guys. I'm not sure if you have much stuff with that, um, so, with your personal Yeah, thing. I okay. do. So that's something like that's that's a challenge to kind of communicate that, um, and you know, and, and kind of getting better at that. And um, so yeah.
1: so far, communication, and so far, artists are trouble. That's what I've been. Also, art, art direction is difficult. Art direction. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I like that. That's good. Art yeah. direction is
0: difficult, and, then, and, and then some people don't like long contracts. <laughs> and then a second part to that is like hourly versus by the piece. Like how you know, like we can definitely oh, talk to. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and don't let us forget that, right? So keep these things in mind. What about you? Why are you here? Uh, I'm pretty good at editing. I don't know much about freelancing, so. So, do you want to become a freelance editor? depending on how this goes. Maybe. Whoa, that's a lot. The stakes <laughs> no are high. No, no pressure. <laughs> wow, excellent. Hey, I'm uh, Tim, and I've got an hour to kill before my panel. So, um, yeah. But there's several options. Here. Yeah, there's, there's, well, this one's next door. so. Okay, excellent. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a convenient path of least resistance. Yeah, totally path of least
3: resistance. But I also hire freelancers here and there, and like to know more. Cool. So you cool. want information by osmosis, is what you're saying? I yeah, I just want to sit here and absorb things. Okay, yeah. can. How about a hug? We will we'll, we'll negotiate After, that later. Yeah, yeah. Negotiation is part of once, once we figure out the or? once we nail down the contract. Okay, for hug. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good.
0: Uh, Jason, uh, I'm a one-man design publishing shop, um, and my first exposure to freelancers was in conversation with freelancers. So my bias is actually to be far too generous to freelancers to the point where it isn't working out for me. Uh, My first contract was a 90% advance, for instance. Wow. Which... Well, these guys uh, uh, want you to hire them. It's an alternative problem. It is possible to go too far on
3: the... I'll tell you honest answers.
0: 90% is
3: great. Uh, you know, hundred ten percent's even better. Uh, exactly. Okay. So we'll, 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 we'll that, get to that, that. That is my issue.
1: Okay. So what happens if you go too it too far and you are too permissive in so hiring to, a freelance? I manager. want you to start a company and I want you to hire me as an employee. So I think that we'll be all good. What about you? Uh, I am John. I am a freelance editor,
3: and uh, I I've been doing it full time for three years, from, just for just in game design. After cool. uh, seventeen years in fiction publishing. And,
1: so, and that's a relevant field, so you yeah. have a lot of experience. And I'm I'm pretty much here because I'm in this room all day for every other panel, so I'm actually going to sit there for the rest of the day. So I just thought I'd hang out in the back. So you just want to see what it's like from I an do, audience actually. perspective. I'd like to know the consumer experience. That sounds good. Like that's pretty cool. Like you know, you want to know what it's like to be a freelancer, hire a freelancer. You can yes. see multiple perspectives. Hi, uh, I'm Brian. I, I fell down the stairs, and this door was pretty close. That's pretty, pretty cool. I'm glad that you're safe. I. Uh, I'm a, a game retailer, but I also have a small publishing company, and uh, I dealt with freelancers uh, about a year ago, uh, and I had mixed results, and I'm trying to determine uh, if the reason why I was getting those mixed results is because I wasn't handling them properly, or because there's different types of freelancers that need different, have different types of needs, and maybe all address both? them in a, a more organized way that uh, will achieve maximum results. Sounds cool. I'm a game designer. I finally found an artist recently. I just want to make sure things going well. Cool. Yeah. Oh, another artist-related thing. Uh, I have yet another one. Wow. Um, I'm Steve. Um, I may be if, if, with some of my games. I may be in the market to, uh,
3: to work with some artists soon because uh, that is probably my like, biggest personal weakness: is that I really have no talent in that area whatsoever Um, and just wanted to get some you know feel
1: for how to be how how to you know manage that relationship successfully cool and like I don't know anything about exactly what the freelancers can provide do provide so I just came see any tidbits I learn about what's going on with the game design and process is than I came in with, so sounds good. It's all negotiable. We could do a whole variety of things for you, but there might be a price. Might there yeah. will be, you'll a work price. pro bono. Well, nice, well, that's not what I said. Okay. <laughs> that's the verbal contract.
3: What, but yeah, was that for you guys? You guys mm-hmm. sent yeah. what work? Okay, excellent. We, uh, what I take away from this so far is that when this panel happens next year, we should have an artist freelancer on, on <laughs> Oh, well, I, I have done lots of art. art yeah, so I well, I mean, the, yeah, the other side, having yeah. the actual person does a lot of the, the I've thing. done it as illustrator. Oh, okay, then there oh, you got go. got to cover, buddy. we got this. But have you done it in the game? I'm going to shut up. I have. I have. Excellent. Do you want to start us off, Amanda? Do you have thoughts? Oh, I, I have lots of
4: thoughts. Um, trying to think of where exactly to start. I've also, I've worked on projects too where I was, you know, managing editor, with lots of editors working under me, and of course I've worked with lots and lots of different kinds of writers. You do end up with very different freelance experiences depending on who it is you hire. Um, One of the biggest things is being more clear than you think you need to be about what you're expecting from people because you're gonna think you said what you meant to say but there are gonna be assumptions that you brought to it that other people aren't gonna share, so they're gonna read it differently. And so the more explicit you can be in what you're asking and what you want, the better results you're gonna have, and then you also need to keep the lines of communication open. Um, Ideally, you should be able to get somebody a week and a half before it's due and have them already have done work, but at least when you're first working with somebody, you probably wanna check in more often than feels like you should have to. Um, lines of communication are incredibly important in freelancing, especially if you're working with people you haven't worked with before. They don't know how to read you, you don't know how to read them, and it's just, it takes a lot of work to get those lines of communication open, but that's what I think really, really needs to happen.
3: I think especially if you're doing everything over email, or other yeah. sort of... Um, yep. the, when I hire freelancers, and I don't always get to do this, but there's two things that I really like to do. One, I like to uh, set up a like Google Hangout thing where I see their face and hear their voices and they see and hear mine. Uh, whether, and I also ask for that this when I start freelancing for somebody else too, just to, so that we can create a better sense of rapport so that we can actually remember there's a human being behind a name and not just, you know, um, you know a dollar sign and some random requests behind you know the string of characters that' somebody's name so that in order to create a connection because this is ultimately a very personal and personable ideally business it's so there isn't a lot of money flowing around so everyone is doing it for at least some love even though some of us also do it for rent um, so anything I can do to kind of help can, can foster that environment of, hey, we're all people, we're all doing something we love, yes, there's money involved, yes, there are agreements involved, um, but remember that we are both people. Or, uh, if I hire a writing team, uh, as I've done for some of the stuff I've worked on, for Onyx Path, um, you know, remember the five of us are all people, so let's all grab on this, on this call. The second thing, and I find this crucial, not just with new-to-me free, new freelancers, but at all, Uh, Are establishing milestone times where I'm going to say I'm going to check in. So we've got like maybe I got three months lead time on this. I'm going to check in with you, you know, six weeks in to see how you are. Uh, Ideally, I'd like to see at least this much done, um, and we'll talk about whether or not the project's you know going well. Um, I've when I haven't done that, and there's been a lot of uh, okay, so. Give me three months and you forgot that you were working for me I've had that that sort of thing happen before um, and um, you know other sort of just poor management on my part and poor time and project and, and sort of self project management on their part so just making it explicit here's when I'm going to check in um, and I will hound people about returning the contract signed because that first step, I, I don't like to have people work for me before I send them a contract, and if I don't hound them about at least signing the contract, then, then I have that sense that maybe they're not, fully committed might not be the right one, but at least they'll, I know they've read it. I know it's not so long that they didn't at least uh, go to the last page, sign something, and. Um, and I even go as far as like, just take an iPhone photo. I don't care. It's just, let I me mean, know you've signed it, and I'll countersign it with another iPhone photo, and <laughs> we can at least go on from there. So I want to tag a few things that you guys have said. Uh, so uh, in
1: terms of more communication more often, right? don't make assumptions ever. Make no assumptions. It might be as clear as day to you. You might, you might think there is common sense. Forget common sense. It doesn't exist. right? Also, uh, you might be dealing with people from all over the world, right? Especially if you're working, I mean, if you're working virtually, right? They might not share the first language as you. They might not share the same social, uh, cultural understanding, whatever. Don't make assumptions. I got one
3: on that one, too. They might not share the same ability to get paid. Yeah, the, how you make financial transactions yeah. might be different. There might be different taxes involved.
1: Uh, I hired people in Italy, and then they informed me that there's a custom of, giving them an extra 4% towards their pension. I was like, what is going on? How does that work? So don't make assumptions. Ask, find out. Uh, In terms of one of the things that people uh, that I've heard have said is email texting is very convenient, right? But it also creates a lot of miscommunication. So uh, Ryan mentioned uh, doing a Hangout. What is a Google Plus Hangout? It's like Skype. It's like a video call. Uh, You can use Skype. You can use Google Plus Hangout. So whatever kind of service where you're making some sort of connection. If you need to, you can just do it over the phone. Uh, if you can see them even better, just get some sort of connection with them. Uh, I take it, uh, sometimes what I'll do is I will, uh, I like to work with a contract. Uh, I think you know that's something, make it very clear what exactly what we're dealing with. Uh, to be clear what a contract is, a contract can be most things, right? It doesn't have to be literally like an attorney has drafted this thing and it's in these steps in this language, it could just be simply here's our understanding of the project, here's what you agreed to, here's what I've agreed to in this way, in these steps. Uh, And you've written it down, Uh, you've both looked at it, you've consented to, you've agreed to it, you've said you've understood it. So even if you don't make it complicated, still do something, right? Still have some sort of document that lists, like I am responsible for this, you're responsible for this, if you don't do this, this is what happens, Uh, when you do do this, this is what will happen, right? Mm -hmm. You guys were talking about uh, having a conversation in terms of checking in milestones and so on and so forth. Uh, I would, I would add to that and say that sometimes people, when they're in the initial relationship, are afraid of bringing up negative things, right? So they're kind of like, oh, you know, it's almost like you're dating, right? Oh, we're dating, we're talking, it's all happy times. I don't want to bring up the bad stuff that happens and the things that happened in the past, but you know definitely do that, right? At the beginning, it's the honeymoon stage, right? Everyone's happy to work with each other, they're excited, they want the money, they're excited about the project, they're investing in it, whatever. So that's the time to bring up the bad things, not later when people are tired and stressed and they're trying to worry about the deadline and everything. So what do I mean about the bad things? I will say, okay, let's walk through a really quick scenario. What happens when you don't do this, right? Or what happens when I don't reply to these emails in a timely fashion? Like don't make it just about them, talk about it yourself as well. Uh, what are we going to do? How do we handle that? Right? Uh, just make it clear. Find out. And I like to tell people, hey, I know stuff happens. Right? Life happens. Yeah. Right? Emergencies happen. Maybe they just forgot. Maybe they were secretly hoping that as this deadline was approaching, they could somehow magically pull it through towards the end. Let me tell you, that's like 90% of everyone. Uh, tell them, hey, it's okay to tell me early on that it might not happen. We can renegotiate. We can move the milestone. I would rather know... Up front, then hope, and then have it not happen. Right? Let them feel comfortable being honest with you, and being clear. And that speaks to you know communication, clear lines of communication.
4: Yeah, I think part of that. Personal, right? oh, no, go. I think part of that is being setting up a, a way of communicating with them early on. If they feel like they can talk to you. If it feels like it's when they do talk to you, it's a little more friendly than just you know this this this. Okay, get out of my way. Um, <laughs> then they'll be more open about coming to you and saying, look, this went poorly. Because they are probably just as neurotic as you are in this relationship. <laughs> They're, you know, A lot of freelancers, it's, it's you know, maybe their first time working with you, their first time out at all. They are terrified of pissing you off. And so there are a lot of things they will hide, because they don't want to bring it up, because it's the negative stuff. So if you do bring it up yourself, then that opens up the lines of communication. Also about setting milestones, I've worked for companies that set unrealistic milestones knowing they're going to get blown. But then for the freelancers who do actually hit milestones, that's really, really unfair to them. Because they've busted their asses to get their job done. And then their work just sits there while the project gets later and later and later. And that is not a precedent you want to set up. I think setting realistic milestones and then opening up the lines of communication is very, very much the way to do it. You need to build in flexibility, but you need to do that openly and transparently with people, because you are going to have people who work really hard to hit that deadline. And if you've made it unrealistic, that's also not going to be their best work, because you've pushed them too hard.
1: Well, and that goes to like setting expectations, honest communication, where uh, you, just like you want to talk about the negative, you want to say, hey, is this realistic? And tell them, I am perfectly happy with you saying no. Uh, I encourage you to say no.
0: I'd um, like you to say no. Go ahead. Um, sort of two things. One, it, it's actually based on milestones. Um, for milestones, good, fast, cheap.
2: <laughs>
0: it, if it's an unrealistically fast d- deadline, they better be paying good money or be expecting as best as you can produce. But um, the sorry. The question with regards to milestones that I was uh, originally aiming for was: When you said setting milestones, were you saying contractual milestones or personal milestones for checking in and communication above and beyond what's written in the contract? Well, both so two be, weeks so, in, so both can uh, be in a contract. Yeah.
3: For yourself. Well, so uh, I've I've had contractual milestones. Some have <clears> been <throat> uh, some have been uh, first draft is due then you'll get the turnaround uh, at this point. You'll then submit your final draft later. So been full on multi-stage. And other milestones have been, at this point you'll send in what you have and there will be a conversation. Like it's not a, we're not expecting you to be done, we're expecting you to have done enough to where we can tone correct. And we can make sure you're actually doing the work. Um, so there are also, which means there are different sort of milestones. Um, but also, you know, even just having, in addition to the contract, just saying like, hey, just so you know, my sort of like, management side with freelancers, I like to check in like, you know, once a month, or like, I'm looking for a really tight turnaround. Um, yeah, I was grooving to that, man. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, so, so yeah, um, so, so uh, I would even just say, Ne- not necessarily within the contract, but just say, hey, uh, just so you know, I'm gonna do this, and um, it's not really a pressure thing. It is just because uh, if I don't, uh, and I will often put things back onto me, sort of what John was saying, it's like, if I don't do this, I'm gonna do that thing where I contact you too late, and then uh, and I'm doing a bad job as somebody who's hiring freelancers, so I kind of overdo it. If what you end up telling me is, hey, there's not a lot of progress, I totally understand that. But that's actually a good response because it tells me you're reading the email. So I'll let people know that. So
1: So I I like to put the milestones, uh, review milestones included in the contract because I feel like uh, if it's someone who I haven't worked with before, I'd rather be clear and straightforward. If it's someone I have an ongoing relationship with and we're doing multiple projects and so on and so forth, that could probably be more lax because you have a sense of them and so on and so forth. Uh, What are your thoughts about milestones and having them in the contracts and so forth?
4: OK, here's where I get to be the total outlier. I've signed contracts. I have never had them even come close to fulfill. Like, I know that I've signed my name on that. That means that I'm working with this person. It probably established money. And aside from that, nothing in it is ever going to come into play. It's going to be an interaction that goes on. Whatever deadline they set up, we're going to miss it, because they're not going to get me everything in time. They just aren't. It's just kind of how it goes, and I hope that they don't then hold me responsible later, but I've been talking to them, so hopefully everything's gonna be fine. I would probably rather see in a contract not all that legalese, not all those penalties and all that kind of stuff, and have like, hey, we're gonna have these conversations, and you know, it's just set up that communication, because that's what ends up happening for me anyway.
1: So, I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, yeah, so the contract should reflect real life. Right? So it should, uh, I, I like, I do certain tricks where some people will say like, I'll give you this fake deadline, right? Where they'll be like, it's three weeks before we actually need it and then we're going bust their ass and it becomes a problem, it's not realistic. Uh, be realistic, talk to the people, uh, just like we said, talking on the phone or Skype or Google Plus or Hangouts. You can do that with a contract, right? And a contract could be just milestones like you mentioned. It could be any kind of format, depends on what works for you and the specific project. But go over those items in person so you can hear their voice. Get a sense. Do they feel comfortable with this? Uh, you know, is this realistic? You know, I keep enforcing that, and I would say that repeat things. Right? Don't just say, ask them, "Is this realistic?" Once, for the things that are critical and crucial, say it two, three times. Yeah. Ensure, especially when you know there's a lot on the line for those specific data points, that that's clear, that it's agreed upon, and so on and so forth. I would add that uh, in addition to the contract. Uh, I like. I prefer to work with freelancers that have uh, a smartphone or have access to like an online calendar of some sort. Because what we'll do is I will set the milestones with alerts and reminders via share, shared calendar. So if they use Google Calendar or whatever the equivalent is, we will set that up mutually together, and that'll be there. And if
3: I forget, then the computer won't forget, yeah. and uh, you know it'll be set up that way. And I should say that the the one of, one of the things when I talk about milestones and having them there, um, it isn't with so much leaves of like, and if you miss this one particular milestone, you get X penalty or whatnot. It's just um, there's a paragraph, there are a bunch of dates that are in bold. There they tell you what ideally, what you should expect from me and what I should expect from you. Um, I do the, I will summarize all of those points in email um, as well because some people really like reading bullet point lists and not um, What's well, basically a two-page contract uh, is what I end up uh, usually handing out. So, and you could take those things out of
1: the contract, paste them in the email, and say, "Here's a review of this document." Yeah. So I know that even if they don't read that document, at least they read that review. Right. Yes. Um, and for
2: the record, our contract's not super long. Just i like at least forty. It's not meters. like an eighteen-page page creature. Um, at what point, I mean, realistically, at what point does it stop being my re- responsibility? You know, our contract lays out, it's, it, to use one of the, the, the writers that we use, uh, um, you know, our contract lays out, I need this many words by this date, we'll pay you this. Uh, first draft is due this date, final draft, you know, and then we will get them back to you, we'll get edits back to you in two weeks or, you know, whatever. Um, and then the final draft is due by this date. I send it to them, and these are pe- this is, you know, somebody that I see in real life, I see on a regular basis, you know, does this work for you, can you do this, is this price good for you, you know, come back to me with what, with any changes you have. They say, no, it all looks great, it's fantastic, and then two weeks beforehand I get, oh, we haven't started writing yet.
1: But and this is the first know. draft part, like this is the, or the first one Yeah,
2: time? you know, and, and it's... I think communication is certainly important, following up and, hey, how are things going? Because I know some people sometimes just don't want to say, hey, I'm just, I don't know, all I can write about is unicorns, you know, I don't know. Um, But I shouldn't have to chase after. Well, so the the part of that's pretty qualified,
1: right? Part of that is, uh, well, so, uh, from my experience, uh, I feel like I went through like about four years where I kept thinking, I'm paying you money you should just do this. I'm giving you money, and then I just, I don't care. I I give it up uh, as a person. I I don't believe in should anymore because just I keep failing at that. Uh, so I feel like uh, w- one thing that's important is pre-qualifying, right? Like maybe this isn't the right person to be working with, right? Talk to people that they've worked with as well. I know it might be tricky if you know them in person. Sometimes people prefer not to work with people they know in person. I have
2: begun to prefer working with people yeah, because it's I've easier, easier to fire
1: them. Uh, and less
3: consequences. Uh, I'm pretty good at firing people, I know. Well, you know, some (laughs) of us. (laughs) And and in ways in which, like, you know, I would like to keep our friendship. So that's what I'm going to do.
2: I don't think that this relationship is working out for both of us to the best that it could be. Yes. (laughs) We'll certainly have this conversation.
1: I I would uh, throw in as well that uh, I would like to put a, not a fake milestone a low stakes milestone at the beginning of the project mm-hmm. that's real, but I know that if they fail at doing that, it doesn't tank the project, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm like, okay, we pre-qualified them, it seems like uh, previous people enjoy working with them, uh, we've had clear communication, we've talked, they know what uh, they, uh, they need from me, I know what I need from them, uh, we know what happens in the schedule, great, I think everything's mm-hmm. wonderful, let me still test this. All right, and you know, low stakes uh, milestone, see how they react if they miss it, right? Like, do they just keep making excuses? Is this really just a one-time thing? Is every single milestone gonna be like this? Do I still have enough time to cancel out of this and go to an alternative?
2: And I, admit, I mean, shit happens, like sometimes, yeah. But then you know, sometimes
1: shit happens and it always happens.
2: then it always happens, again, <laughs> <laughs> again, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I, I do want to, really quick on, on some of this, uh, when we were talking about communications and contracts and a lot of questions came up with artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when it comes to art, right, uh, art direction can be difficult, it can be a challenge. Have you guys did, had to deal with any of that? I've, I've okay. done some art direction. Okay, so uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. We
4: also know have an artist here. Oh, we do? We do. you have this
1: <laughs> <laughs> So wait, well, how about we hear what you guys like to tell artists or what you would think is a good idea, and then we'll hear from the artist. <laughs> no, no pressure, buddy. Uh, well, actually, I have a panel coming up uh, tomorrow from an artist's point of view. Uh-huh.
3: So, so we'll hear it then. Mm. Oh, so, so uh, yeah. We can, we what, when, it. what time yeah, we can do stuff here, but tomorrow. What, what time is
2: right
1: now? No. Know it? Is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And
3: that's why artists are a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so, so what I would say is uh, technology is making everything easier in fun, awesome ways like just like you could do a Skype or Google Plus Hangout, uh, that also helps from an art perspective. So what I'll do is I will uh, do an advanced Google search, and I will start typing in the kinds of things I'd like artists to do. And then just collect a bunch of photos that represent what I might not be able to describe. Right? If you can describe it, great. But if you can't, yeah, you know, and it's not your skill set, that's a really easy way to do it. Uh, so just grab a bunch of photos of doing that. Uh, I know that uh, if you have like an iPhone, or and I think that you can download software on a desktop that does this too. There's lots of software online that lets you uh, pose models, right? So you could do a download. Like there's an app called Poser or something or Posey on the iPhone, and you just download it. And you're like, okay, I want someone doing like this, and then you send email. And you're like, make this thing happen. Uh, and then like, I want it to, this is the pose, and I want it to look like this person photo from the internet.
3: And then bam. I'm learning something. I'm well, going to type t- oh, right it and, and then
1: you could drop that into the contract. No, totally. Just paste those photos in the contract. You're like, this is what I wanted. Right? And uh, what I like to do, too, and this goes to the low stakes uh, milestone when it comes to art. Send me your sketch. Don't give me details. Give me an example of what a sketch looks like. Again, clear communication. Don't make assumptions. It could look like a line drawing of like a stick figure with some motion. That's cool. We do it.
3: I love uh, Pinterest. Okay. Like I've just used Pinterest to fill out an art spec. And, you know, like, like you said, just a bunch of uh, images. Yes. But then when I'm, like, browsing something, I'm, there's a shortcut bookmarklet in my tool. Totally. So
1: like, oh, pin that. And that could be that for the future, great. right? Yes. Like, so you're like, I'm, I know I'm working on multiple projects, multiple freelancers. And when you see inspiration, you have a really easy way to collect it so that you don't have to remember it, and yeah. it's there for later. It's super handy. So
3: how do you politely uh, ask for less problem I think there's another panel. Oh, Oh, oh. Uh, well, I've stopped being polite about it. Um, when, when, Well, so, I mean, I start by being polite because you see if that works. And I've weirdly learned with some companies and some people I've worked with that actually if I'm less polite, I get results. Um, which is not really good reinforcement for me trying to be a better person. Um, but unfortunately, it is what gets better results. There was one project where... Um, to specifically answer the question, yeah. <laughs> I know you're getting to that. Um, there's one one series of projects where there was a lot of we kept trying to get um, African American people into our books, and every time they were drawn, they looked like um, like I think the, the one one time we got one, which was this is this person is not black. This person is a white college professor, not a like suffering like African. A you know, like you know, civil rights advocate. This is kind of the opposite of what we went for. So as time went on, and I had more experience working with, and I was giving these notes to an art director. I was handing them to an art director to then get art, and I would not see it until it was all done and laid out in a book. Um, Eventually, I started writing things like, uh, so these pieces that you've, you've done previously, they don't work for X, Y, and Z reason. Um, and so, like, what I need here is this. Here are a bunch of great images I found on Google for this woman. You need to make her real black, not fake black, like you normally do. Was the last line of that particular art spec? It worked. But at first, I try to be polite about saying, here's somebody who, you know, here are a bunch of images. I really like, you know, the way that this person looks. Um, can you try, you know, to make something like this? Um, I, don't, I don't think you're not
1: polite. I think that what you're doing is a good thing. You're being clear and direct. Mm-hmm. You're not being rude. You're just being to the point. Right? And it's not personal. You're saying, let me be clear about what I want and let me be clear about what I don't want. And I want to really quickly tag the don't want part, which is just like you can show photos of what you do want, you can show photos of what you don't want. So I like to collect, uh, uh, like Pinterest would be a good way to do it. You might be afraid if people see this Pinterest because they might be like, what are you doing, Tim? Uh, But like, collect racist imagery, right? Like if racism, let's say, is a problematic thing, like I've done it and it works. I'm like, hey buddy, just to be clear, I consider these things unacceptable. Don't do this, right? And uh, you know, I said that a little too aggressive. You don't have to be aggressive. Just show them exactly what you don't want in addition to what you do want. Uh, yeah. I mean, even in writing, I imagine this becomes an issue, right? It does. Uh,
4: and again, I mean, at least with writing, something that's fixable without having to send it back—that's a lot harder to do, with art.
3: And a lot harder to do with color.
4: Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's definitely an issue. If you cannot assume that people aren't going to cross lines that you wouldn't cross unless you tell them not to cross those lines. And so it may feel completely self-evident to you. It may feel rude to bring it up. But it's easier than dealing with having to fix that later.
3: So there, there's a um, sort of gets to being clear and working with artists and things like that, a story uh, from uh, one publishing house uh, I've worked at where they sent an art spec for somebody with olive skin, you know, somebody with like, you know, for Mediterranean skin. Um, but because it was for a fantasy book, the artist interpreted that as green-like an olive. And so what got back was <laughs> So there is an understanding that when you actually use certain color words, you should you know, understand exactly wh- that you don't necessarily know what you're asking for or what they're interpreting it as. So there's a quick tidbit to you when it comes to how you describe things. If you happen to use a color word, also maybe have a color sample to go with it. Cause if, if what you're doing, is dealing with a
4: color palette all the time. Yeah. Olive does not look like olive skin, yeah. <laughs> so I can totally understand
1: that. And imagine you're dealing with people from different cultures and sure. different languages, and their language, their yes. first languages, in English,
0: yeah. on and on and on. Um, if I can give something useful for this, there's something called the Pantone color system. This is the specific right. color I am looking for.
3: Well, or in this case, here's a bunch the, of models that happen to have the skin tone that yeah. I'm right for. But either way, you have a reference. Yes. Yeah. yeah yeah, so there's there's been a lot of times where uh, just using words for reference has bit me, uh, and there have been a lot of times where I've had to suffer the fact that even though I say, please make sure that her spine works like uh, like it would normally work, uh, that gets ignored. So so you've the more removed you are from the situation, like if I'm sending notes to an art director and I will not see anything until the work is laid out and I'm proofing it which means I don't have any approval over sketches or anything like that, um, you know, that is also uh, an issue you have, you're going to deal with when it comes to dealing with artists or dealing with anybody. If the further removed you are, um, the more you just have to accept that um, you may get some problematic content that somebody else doesn't care about and affects your final work. Well, so there's uh, some things tied with that, right? So we talked a little bit about how to
1: avoid it from happening, Mm -hmm. right? So in the sense of, like, being clear what you're talking about, words don't necessarily translate to the final result, olive skin, it doesn't look like green olives, so on and so forth. Send them images of what you want, send them images of what you don't want, especially if uh, you are working... Your directions are going to go to another party, which then goes to another party. The more specific you are, uh, I mean, even send them a PDF, right? Don't even do an email. It's too easy for them to copy and paste what they want and ignore the rest. Send them like a completed thing so that they can just forward it and pass it along. Uh, but so let's say what happens when you've gone through all of this, right? And again, just to be clear, you mentioned like what if they the spine doesn't work the way uh, that I think it does, right? Because there's this thing, there's some art that has people's spines looking like they're cracking and so forth. Uh, but the thing is, I know people who can do that in real life. And maybe the artist is like, well, my friend does that all the time, like that's a big deal. Just send them a picture of what you mean. You just yeah. say, hey, I just don't want this. But let's say you do these things, and you still get a problem, right? And this could be an art, it could be a writing. Uh, like, so Amanda, I, you hired me, and uh, you said, I want supernatural romance uh, fiction but with, like, uh, you know, sasquatches, right? Of course I do. Yeah, with sasquatches. i don't know,
3: actually. <laughs> yes.
1: And then I, I sent it back to you, and it has mermaids. And the mermaids are totally racist towards Greek <laughs> people, because I'm Greek, so I'm going to be racist towards Greeks. I don't know how to do with mermaids, but it doesn't matter. Water. I, I, yeah, water. I give that to you, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, it looks great. I took some <coughs> liberties, but I think you'll be happy. Okay, if you were a
4: freelancer you follow the directions you're given. Because assuming we're working on an RPG, not only do I now have this mess to deal with, I have an entire other book that I, with other writers who hopefully follow directions but may not have, that I need to make into a cohesive of of whole. So when you are freelancing, this is not the time to write your beautiful, epic, whatever it is you have in your head. I'm doing it for the love. This is the time you follow directions. That is your job as a freelancer. You are given directions. You follow those directions. But I have a team job. Things are gonna, one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to ask you to rewrite it, or I'm going to ditch it and have somebody else rewrite it. There's no way that's ending up in the final book, because there is a whole rest of a book that cannot accommodate Sasquatch and or not with one Sasquatch they can't accommodate racist ro- uh, mermaids because that just didn't fit in with everything else you weren't asked to do a specific thing and I will tell you freelancers who can't follow their are freelancers who don't get hired again because that is so much more trouble than it's worth because chances are whoever is rewriting that isn't getting paid for it some editor, somebody's coming in and doing a favor and is probably not getting paid for it because there is a certain budget for this book, and paying somebody again for what you didn't do the first time is really hard. And then trying to figure out how we're going to salvage some of your stuff, because unless we have a total kill con- clause in that contract, chances are we're trying to get at least some of it in there in some way. It, it's just it's a mess. Well, if you're a freelancer, follow director.
1: Actually- well, that's a, that's a really you mentioned kill a contract and all this kind of stuff. Uh, hugely important, right? So. If you don't know, you can trust the person. So like in that example, again, it's my character, it's not me. Uh, in that example, I wouldn't trust that person. Uh, you know, they clearly, have, they've spent the trust that they may have earned. Uh, if you have not worked with the person you're not sure, don't sign a contract with them where they're gonna deliver 10 pieces of art for you, right? Because what if, what if that happens, yeah. right? And then you're like, oh, uh, they still have eight more. We have a kill fee, but then we have a deadline and all this stuff. Test the waters, right? Uh, Hire them to do one piece if you haven't worked with them before. Again, low stakes, right?
4: Write a small section and you can rewrite if necessary.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, So maybe we could say the top three things we wish freelancers
3: uh, would do. I'd say, um, and this is also to me when I'm freelancing, because this is why I've gotten fired from a couple jobs. Um, Be okay saying hey I actually haven't gotten anything done. Like, it's better than crickets. Yes. Yeah. Crickets so, is the
4: worst thing you can do from either
3: end. I, I have anxiety. I, I take medicine for anxiety. Um, and uh, working with freelancers sometimes makes me feel like taking more. Because I, you know, if I, if I don't hear from you, I don't know what's going on. Um, and it, which means I can start assuming the worst of, of like, okay, this person not only is not responding to my emails about checking in, that means that I can't trust them to deliver anything. I really should just uh, find somebody else because now I'm going to start freaking out about whether or not I can trust them to, re- I can't trust you to respond to me in the first place. How can I trust you to deliver? Awesome, so let's well, jump back and forth. So is your one, you're going to get two more? A few. <laughs> um,
4: I'm going to build off of that one a little bit mm-hmm. um, because also as a freelancer, when I hear crickets for the person I'm working for, <laughs> Like, I feel like I'm creating in a vacuum, and I hate that. I may work from home with my cat and nobody else, but I want interaction with people. <clears throat> I want feedback on what I'm doing. So I think lack of communication on both sides is probably the biggest thing. So so you need to communicate, both as someone who's hired a freelancer and someone who is a freelancer. You need to be talking to each other clearly and often. That's my first one.
3: What's your number two? Um, and we're I going to get that, more positive after these stories. Sure. I, I think that actually having, having some way of saying, uh, hey, I think we're out, you know, a kill clause, you know, just a, some discussion of, if this does not seem to work out for us, we have a graceful way to exit without uh, dragging each other in the mud. Um, because I've been in the, the dragging, being drug under the mud thing, too, and stuff like that. It's just like, okay, no, we, we tried this, we're good. Maybe in six months we try this again or something. I don't know. But having a good, graceful way to back out of a situation that isn't working for you um, is awesome. So I want to
1: tag that really quick, which is uh, when I write contracts, I try to write them in a way that if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you effectively fire yourself so that I don't have to fire you. So that I can just gently say, hey, remember clause 11B. Uh, you know, It sounds like this is what's happening. Let me know if I'm, mis- uh, if I'm
3: wrong. Right. You get to, like, and you're asking, you put putting the question. You're not saying, oh, so, plus 11B now, son, let me... Yeah, let's, like, let's, let's just be clear. Like, yeah. it sounds like this is what's happening. Yeah, is it? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Number two. Uh,
4: number two for me is going to be being clear about what expectations are and then following those expectations. So, you know, whether you're hiring or being a freelancer. and And this is, for me, personally, this is not... The contract the contract ends up being legally's mess that i sign and whatever yeah. this is consistent this is an outline this is checking in regularly this is you know having discussions about things being open to questions outlines. What? we didn't talk about outlines we didn't
1: talk about oh, that outlines. Could be your
4: um style guides is another thing that came up for me as a writer like often you have a style guide oh damn, style guide because if you don't the editor for no more money is going to be going through and putting those styles in on all of your writing. And I mean, that, that's what it ends up being the, the, the editor, for no more money, does your rewrites, fixes your styles, is doing all the stuff you didn't do that we specifically asked you to do. So if you're going to be a good freelancer, you're going to follow those things. If you're going to be a good person hiring a freelancer, you're going to offer those things so that it's clear and you've not made assumptions about, well, of course you don't put spaces around them dashes or whatever. You're going to be really clear about all of that stuff because not everybody is going to share the same. So
1: I want to tag that and say that uh, just because you give someone something doesn't mean they read it. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and like that's like we see that at conventions all the time where we're like, here's a description for a panel, or here's a description for a game, and people show up, and you're like, cool, we're about to do X. And they're like, oh, really? I thought it was something else. They're like, like, oh, that's
3: cool. I just wanted to sit down and play a game. I don't care what it is. Yeah, and yeah. then you
1: tell them what it is, and they're like, well, I don't want to play that. Yeah. I'm like, I thought you didn't care. Well, now I do. Uh, so yeah. that's the thing. Uh, if you're going to send them documents you know are crucial, right, that's a contract style guide, I would say, is up there, right? Uh, outline whatever it might be. Uh, read it. Have them. I, I mean, people don't like it when I do this sometimes, but I find that after we do it, uh, it makes it all worth it. Which is, I have them read it to me. Like I call them up and I try to keep it as simple as possible so they can do it fast. And I'll be like, and I'll tell them, hey, this is just for your for you. If you have questions, just read this for me, and uh, I'll take notes and just ask me questions. That way, if I'm there when they read it, I know
3: they read it, right? Uh, so that helps their bit Number three um, outlines, which is not a here's you know by chapter what goes on. This is a much more comprehensive tool of um, I, I put my deadlines, all the milestones, everything in the outline as well because that is a very easy place to put uh, that information so you don't have to look at the contract for the very basic pieces of this is when I need something from you, so when you get something from me. Um, it's still in the contract, sure, but that's actually to me a more important place to put it. Uh, all the information of here's like the tone of the book Here are things I do want Here are things that I don't want here's a lot of the the threads that we're going to do in this book here's the the chapter and section breakdown and who's writing what um, my outlines tend to be around like 1,500 words for 50,000 word book um, maybe a little bit longer depending on how complicated it is but uh, outlines are awesome because not just because they tell you ideally what I do and don't want, which at the beginning of a conversation, if you aren't clear or have different ideas or whatnot, um, but if it's a multi-author project, it also tells you who else is doing something and who you should talk to about things.
4: And what, also what else your
1: stuff has to tie into. So yes, the yeah, that's that, in the contextualization. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can, I, I mean, this is a little bit of a dirty trick, but uh, there was one time where the stakes were really high. And I sent people, I sent freelancers the pictures of all the people and staff that would be unhappy if they messed their deadline. So I was like, here's the eight people. I mean, some people do that where they, on their website, they just have, here's our employees or our staff. I'll, I can send them the link to that page. Where I'm like, here are all the people who have to do all these things and can only do it when you deliver. And if you don't, they're going to miss their families because they're going to be working here on the weekends. It's going to be horrible. Please don't make this happen. Uh, but what's your number three?
4: Uh, my number three is going to bring up a new topic, which is in an industry as small as ours and as interconnected as ours. When you're on Google Plus or Twitter or at conventions, you're essentially job interviewing. And people are going to get a sense of whether or not they want to work with you because of how you are in public. And online is in public. And so if you are someone who is conscientious about things, someone who is you know easy to talk to and easy to work with, they are going to be more likely to want to hire you as a freelancer. They will have a sense of how you are communicating, but they'll be more likely to work for you, too, because it goes both ways. Um, but on some level, if you are interacting with the community you're working with, even if you're doing it socially, this is going to have an impact on work relationships, too. And it's, I think that's important to keep in
3: mind. I, I've been told. That- by, by people that I'm sometimes too intimidating and they don't want to talk to me about jobs. I've heard people say that about you, too.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, so uh, we were talking about what we wish freelancers would do differently when working with them or what, what they would follow. Uh, let's talk about you guys in terms of like working with freelancers. What mistakes have you guys made? I know we all make mistakes. What mistakes have you guys all made? that uh, you would do differently or do do differently now uh, because you know that it makes a difference as far as making this relationship work. Uh, so, I'll start with Amanda this time.
4: My biggest one, really, it all has to do with expectation. Almost every time something has failed spectacularly, it's been because expectations weren't set out clearly. Um, it's been lack of leadership on some level or another, um, whether that was of someone that I was following, or a leadership role I was supposed to be in that I wasn't fulfilling properly, or whatever, it has almost always been a leadership issue, which comes down in many ways to communication.
3: Awesome. Um, uh, being a freelance developer, basically um, getting hired by a company to hire writers to make books, um, became really difficult when I got a day job. And so plans that we had been made eight months in uh, out Um, I was trying to juggle with completely different uh, uh, time constraint and and availability and whatnot. So um, sort of being honest about what my bandwidth is for managing a project and for executing projects uh, as life changes is the big struggle that I've had to deal with both as a freelancer and as somebody who has hired freelancers. Because it's... I've had this situation where I expected, yeah, yeah. Once you turn to the milestone, I will be able to, to get on it, and for that to be like, oh, I said that a month ago. That was not a good thing for me to have said because now we're I'm apparently having to work overtime every you know every week. So uh, that time management when life changes has been- and things happen. So you talk about the uh, yeah. talk about it at the beginning and come up with
1: a procedure for communicating when those changes need to happen. And if you know that you're about to get married, if you know you're about to move, if you know you're about to change your day jobs, if you know that there's big life events coming up, assume that it's going to be way more hectic for your schedule than you might originally yep. think. So we got about two and minutes left.
4: And one last piece of advice: freelancers are allowed to say no, and that doesn't mean you'll never get hired again. Yep. It, it can often feel like saying no means, oh my gosh, I've just passed that the last job anyone's ever going to offer. That's not true. It really isn't.
3: You can say why. Like, hey, I'd love to do this, but Great. I'm busy. exactly. Yeah, totally. I, I call this the third taco thing, where, you know, if you have a couple tacos, maybe you're full, you look at that third taco, you could have it, uh, but if you turn it down, then it's not like it's the last taco that will ever exist. Um, you know, there will be a taco again, just like there will be somebody else who's like, yeah, I kind of like this thing you did. Um, you know, all of us who are freelancers keep getting hired, and we even occasionally boggle why somebody is, why is that person getting hired again? They're horrible. It's like, well... Because this industry is about someone loving something that somebody does, and you'll keep getting work as long as you aren't a complete and total asshole. I would like to, what, we're just, on, on, a, on a
1: different. Uh, we got we got one minute, so I mean, go for it. What's, what's, the,
3: what's the best way to ensure for someone who's never hired a freelancer before during negotiations that you negotiate uh, a, fair, a rate that's fair for both me and the freelancer themselves. I mean, if you go online,
1: there are a couple, there's lots of different rate sheets you could look at. I would uh, contact multiple freelancers. Don't ever negotiate with just one person, so that way you can kind of get a sense of what everyone's interested in. And always be fair with your budget. Because even if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. It doesn't matter what people are asking for. Maybe it means instead of hiring an artist, you, you do stock photos with manipulations. Whatever you need to do to make sure that you do your project on budget, I would do that. And there's a lot of resources online. Talk to multiple people and so on and so forth. I think there's going to be some talks uh, this weekend about that specifically. I do want to add one last thing before we wrap up, which is find out why people are doing things. Are they doing it for the money? Are they doing it for the love? Because you mentioned love a couple times. Love is great, except sometimes it's uh, erratic, irrational, and so on and so forth. They're like, I'm doing this for the love, and now I don't feel the love anymore, so I'm just (laughs) not going to do this. You don't want to be in that situation, so be clear what's happening. Uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you all.
0: This seminar recording was made possible by the generous contributions of the panel speakers and the Metatopia convention organizing team, Double Exposure. All of the Double Exposure conventions are amazing, and I can't speak highly enough of Metatopia as a convention for designers to meet up to discuss, to test, and to learn more about this lovely hobby of ours. You can find out more at www.dexposure.com. And I hope you'll join us next year at Metatopia.